This is an original podcast from the Jack Radio Network. Discover more on Jack Radio Player. This is Dead British. One brave improviser has no idea which character from history they're about to play, but thankfully, our interviewer knows everything about them. Hello, I'm Keisha, and every episode we use a trail of breadcrumbs and a large Hadron Collider to bring back a character from British history. Due to that process, some or all of our historical characters' memories might have been affected. So although I know who I'm about to talk to, they don't. So here, finding out who they are at the same time you do, they're British, they were dead, please welcome Jane Austen! Hello! Miss Austen is, of course, known for being a novelist. She wrote six full-length novels, including Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, and Emma. Her novels focused on English middle-class life in the early 19th century. Although she was not credited in her lifetime, today she is considered one of the most significant English authors of all time. Wow, Jane, that's you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for the welcome. (laughs) We're just uh, so glad to have you here because you are... You're a national treasure. Did you know that, Jane? I'm a national treasure, like what uh, people have in like uh, the palaces, yeah. But yes, yes, I guess so, yes, you yeah. are. Am I a diamond or a ruby? Uh, which would you rather be? I don't know, all of them. <laughs> you're, you're, you are the crown jewels in a lot of the English literature canon. Um, I think there are lots of people who will have learnt about you in school, read your books in school. Wow. How, do, how does it feel to know that so long after your death? Well, that's brilliant because like, the words that I wrote down are being translated into <laughs> the future. Um, people are reading them and going, oh, that's what they did then. Um, we do this now and it's kind of like the same thing it's all about love. <laughs> so w- would you say that your novels are mainly about love and romance or is there more to your novels what, oh. what, what do you like to write about oh I mean I like writing about uh, what people expect of each other and uh, what actually comes of it you know it's like expectations are they dashed or are they not dashed uh, I also like writing about travelling around the country <laughs> Where did you like to travel to? Oh, uh, Tintagel, um, uh, let me think, Manchester, the Isle of Mull. The Isle of Mull? Yeah. We're all wonderful places. Absolutely, they're really great and they've all got people with relationships, which is really helpful for my stories. Now, I read out some of the titles of some of your books. Yes. And you wrote six complete novels. That's right. Did you have more novels in the works? Oh, yeah. I had at least another four. Would you like to hear the titles? I absolutely would like to hear those four titles. Yeah, okay. There's Vul and Vulnerability. (laughs) There's Spat and Spatula. There is um, Poo and Poodles. Um, And there is Sublime and... Sub. I imagine, you know, really outstanding works that you would have completed had you lived longer. Yeah, that last one, by the way, was about, uh, was about a sandwich in a kind of roll. Sublime and Sub? Yeah. I believe we have an extract of Sublime and Sub. This is a, a little uh, an intimate moment between two characters in Sublime and Sub. Mr. Seed. Yes, Mrs. Badger. Thank you for this loaf. I feel like I shouldn't have taken it from you. 
Of course not. You're a married woman. I'm very married. But it doesn't stop me from lingering over this loaf, which reminds me of you. Why does this loaf remind you of me? What qualities do I share with this bread? Warm. Mm. Tender. And yeasty. I'm sorry? (laughs) Did you say yeasty? I did. And by yeasty, I mean fresh, spunky, and smart. Uh, uh, What was that second one? Fresh. No, you said spunky, didn't you? Oh. Tell me. Is your. Tell me. Is your husband yeasty and spunky? No, Mr. Seed. My husband is dry like rye. Oh, Mrs. Badger. Oh, Mr. Seed. Bread. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Badger died after that. Uh, it's a it's a truly touching tale. Yeah, I'm interested to know how much of that excerpt do you think would have made the final, the final novel where you to have been able to finish it. I would have put um, most of that in, but what I'd have probably done is just like uh, elongated the information about what qualities he had in terms of food. Were you inspired by food in your writing? Oh, very much so, yeah. I mean, because, you know, our diet was fairly limited. You know, it wasn't very much about, um, you know, meat, fish, vegetables, that kind of thing. We didn't have anything, like, really interesting. So food was quite dull? Yeah, that's right. Food was dull. And is that why you turned to writing? You you, you found many elements of your life at that time to be dull? Oh, yeah, really. I mean, yeah, I go for walks um, and uh, think about things and sort of look into the distance in a winsome way. In a winsome way, you would look yeah, into the distance. Yeah, and Monopoly. And Monopoly? And Monopoly, yeah. Uh, the, ge- the board game? Yeah, that's right. You would play that? Yeah, some people think it was invented much later, but it was actually invented in the 17th century. <laughs> I-, I did not know that. Didn't you? No, yeah. no. They didn't used to... I still had dogs and hats and things, but, you know, they were just sort of older. You wouldn't have had the... Oh, so they were older-fashioned yeah, dogs? they weren't made of metal. They were the actual things. Oh, so you had a small dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Every, you... Yeah, they were just on a really big board. Oh, and so you would walk the dog around... Around a board. And a man in a top hat, man presumably. in a top hat, And yeah. uh, perhaps someone with an iron. Yeah, and people had to go to jail, like proper jail. <laughs> there was an actual jail on the corner yeah, of the board. that's right. Um, did you have... Uh, I don't suppose you would have had the waterworks at that point. Uh, the waterworks? Uh, no, what happened if you got the waterworks is you had to be really teary. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what about if you got... Was there an electricity company? You wouldn't have had that. Oh, uh, no. Uh, that was just we had to buy some more candles. <laughs> that was the buy more candles. Buy more where? candles. Or look at the sun. It's <laughs> <laughs> somewhat of a, a fanciful hobby of young ladies at that time was looking at the sun. Absolutely. Absolutely, got to look at the sun. Get uh, the sun on your face, don't you? It's like, um, what's that thing that the sun gives you? Like vitamin D, yeah, that. So that's what you would do. You would look at the sun, you would play large-scale large Monopoly. Yes. Is that one of the reasons why you, you enjoyed walking so much, was it was good exercise for the large-scale Monopoly? A- absolutely. I mean, Friday night is Monopoly night, right? So you've only got six days to, to freshen up, warm up for it. Would you have liked to have had a scene where perhaps your characters could have played Monopoly? I'm imagining um, Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy. Would they have been able to play Monopoly together? Or was that forbidden because they were from different classes? 
Oh, no, they wouldn't have been able to play uh, Monopoly. They would have had to have played Mousetrap. <laughs> so talk us through your writing process. Well, I'd get up in the morning. Uh, I'd do my ablutions. That's <laughs> oh, a sight wash and uh, then I would run up and down the stairs um, four times just to get some uh, air going then I would look out the window for approximately 45 minutes do a bit of (sighs) (sighs) and then uh, I'd get I'm sorry what what was the sighing oh just sighing just sighing okay yeah yeah um just you know to to just get the emotional would you sigh on your own or would you perhaps sigh with friends or family oh well sometimes you get a whole group round if you send a letter out first thing in the morning by lunchtime there could be a whole room full of ladies it was just a passing out by the end of it really because there's just no breath left in their bodies (laughs) so so accomplished young ladies in your era yeah would uh would be good at sighing yeah what else would they be good at? Uh, they'd be good at uh, talking to each other. Uh, they did quite a lot of thinking. Uh, and um, uh, they did uh, catching uh, air. C- catching air. Catching air. Is, and that's not the same as sighing? No, do it with butterfly nets. You, you, you catch air with butterfly <laughs> yeah, nets? Yeah, that's right, yeah. It sounds like a lot of your pastimes were literally trying to pass time. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and is that how you came to writing? Were you, were you just trying to spend some hours doing something different? Yeah, that's right. I just wanted to write about things uh, that were happening in my life, but trying to make them a bit more interesting. So I've heard that you, you wrote most of your work in um, a small village called Chawton, um, and apparently you worked in a room that had a very squeaky door because you liked to know if anyone was approaching. That's right, because uh, I had a lot of visitors and a lot of family members who would come upstairs and I'd be like, oh, what's she writing? Let's go and find out what she's writing. And I'd be like, no, you can't see what I'm writing. It's my secret writing. You can't see it yet. Go away. And if I had a squeaky door, I could hear them. I could throw uh, bits of stuff at them. But you weren't credited so much in your lifetime. Your work was perhaps dismissed as, as not serious. No, it's not fair, is it? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did it feel unfair to be dismissed as not serious? Probably because you're a woman. Oh, man, it was really unfair. Yeah, I mean, I did some serious sighing over my life because of that. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, I kicked some doors. I dropped things. I threw a couple of chairs. You threw some chairs? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying really hard to imagine that, but I don't think I need to imagine that. I think we can see what happened. Miss Austin, uh... You probably understand why I've called you in here to the manager's office at Ikea. <laughs> Our chairs are in pieces. <laughs> pieces, Miss yeah, Austin. And you're going to need to pay for these chairs before you leave Ikea. Uh, well, you have to sort out gender equality first. <laughs> I feel that's not within my remit as the manager of this Ikea. Well, then uh, Ikea and you have the wrong priorities. Do explain. Because uh, uh, chairs are predominantly for men to sit on, probably. So you're saying that to smash the patriarchy, we have to smash the furniture that men would use? That's right, yeah. 
And women are, of course, not allowed to use said furniture because their job is to, in this day and age, stand and not sit and relax. They should be, they should be uh, charged with doing tasks around the house, always on their feet and never actually using recreational items of furniture. That's right. It's just embroidery walking around the room all the time. Embroidery, 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 sighing, staring, walking. Well, Jane, your way with words and your convincing tonality has, in fact, changed my mind. Here is a claw hammer. Ah, thanks very much. Uh, 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 Take that wardrobe, take that piano, take that more pianos, and another piano. Yeah! Yes. You really showed that wardrobe and those three pianos. Take that, the patriarchy. I ruined the whole orchestra. Uh, Yes, and and I, I believe that IKEA changed their approach to furniture after you took their chairs apart because they realised that they could actually ask their customers to put them back together, so... Yeah, that's right, yeah. That, thank you for that. That, that is a, a really important contribution that you've made, as well as all of your writing. Groovy. <laughs> yes, Jane, groovy. Now, Jane, you came from a large family, and you had seven other siblings. I did seven! That's a lot! So, what was that like, being one of, I guess, eight children? Well, I mean, you know, that's only uh, an eighth of uh, the love, the food, the house, the, um, the, the, the chickens, the stairs, uh, the door. If you're all trying to walk through the door at the same time, that doesn't work. Would your siblings and you often try and walk through the door at the same time? Uh, yes, uh, because we were a very equal household and we all wanted to do the same thing at the same time. <laughs> Okay, let's make sure all eight of us are here. I'm Billy Austin. I'm Claire Austin. I'm Jane Austin. I'm Daniel Austin. I'm Keith Austin. I'm Tallulah Austin. Tallulah L Austin. I'm Welsh Austin. And I'm Junior Austin. Right, now there's one door and there's... I'm Austin Martin. Oh, wait, wrong family. Anyway, I'll just toddle off and kill myself. <laughs> so, there are eight of us and only one door. And we need to figure out a way of getting through this, figure out a system in order to move through without all hustling together. Can I suggest that we all lie down on top of each other in an oblong and then shuffle forwards? <laughs> that sounds very painful, if you ask me. Well, I, Claire Austin, think that we should cover ourselves in... <laughs> Um, something slippery. So we'll all slip slop through the door. Quickly. Like eels. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's too poor. Bin it. Uh, uh, as Junior Austin, uh, I'd like to say maybe we don't need to go through the door and we can just stay this side of the door forever together. But the door is into our house where we all live together. Oh, it's me, Austin Martin. I came back in time and I didn't have a family after all. I think I'm going to join yours. Doot, doot. I'm Welsh, back to Welsh Austin again, and I just wondered if maybe we could just blow the door up and make it bigger. Ah, that is a typically Welsh response, isn't it? Yes. I was thinking perhaps, sorry, it's Claire Austin again, we could all wish the door bigger. Everybody knows fairies are real. Right. Okay. Well, um, we haven't got anything better to do, Uh, so let's wish. Three, two, one, wish. Oh my gosh, I've got piles. <laughs> and 
I, I believe your sister Claire actually died of those piles. That's right, she did. It's a very, it's a very popular way of dying in, in my day, yeah. I mean, you know, I'd say 50% of the population went that way. From piles? Yeah, that's right. Not from the wars that were happening? No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, part of that was, you know, some people said it was the war, some people said it was piles. I mean, they both uh, require exertion, don't they? So, you know, what was it? Was it the war? Was it the piles? Who knows? Now, Jane, I want to talk about your personal life. And you never married. No. And why is that? Uh, Very picky. So you you did have the opportunity to marry? Yeah, yes. Batting them off, yeah. You were batting them off, yeah. doing multiple suitors. Oh, yeah, all over the place, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Coming from miles around. And so yeah, little, uh, like, sil- like, like uh, glass slippers they were. They were coming there with glass slippers and seeing if my foot would fit in it. I'm, I'm so fascinated by this. I really, I'm, I think we should just hear more about how you dealt with these suitors. Right. Knock, knock. Go away. Oh, piss. <laughs> I didn't like your knock. Knock, knock. Hello? Hi, it's me, soldier number two. My name is Keith. No, I don't like your name. Go away. Oh, bum. Knock, knock, bonjour. It's me, soldier number three. I'm sorry, your voice is so low that I can't actually hear it. Oh, no. Knock, knock, it's me, soldier number four. Hello? Hello? Ah, it's me, Sultan number four. I'm, I'm sorry, you're very short. I can't see you. Where are you? Are you there? I'm clutching onto your ankle. Oh, pop, I'm... Just s- pop your eyes down. Pop no. your eyes down and I'm down you. No, sorry, not my type. Knock, knock. Hi, how's it going? It's me, Sultan number five. No. Knock, knock, like it's Sultan number six. It's me, Harold Poorhand. Uh, Harold Poorhand? Yeah, not poor is in no money, poor is in cats. Right, you like cats? <laughs> no, just describing how to say my surname. Poorhand, P-A-W-H-A-N-D, Poorhand. No, wait. I'm sorry, you do go on a bit, you dri- you're a bit drivelly, no knock, thanks. Knock, knock, Hello? knock, knock. Hello, it's me, Jeremy Poorface. Not poor as in money, not poor as in hand, but poor as in distilling liquids. <laughs> There's liquid distilling from my eyes because I'm so sad that you're about to reject me. I'm sorry, I don't like uh, people who dribble from the eyes. I knew this would happen. No. Knock, knock. Hello. Hiya, it's me, Robert Poorfinger. And not poor as in cats, not poor as in money, and not poor as in pouring with sweat. Right. Poor as in an open cavity upon your skin if you were to look at it through a microscope. <laughs> Do you want to go to the shop with me? No, because you remind me of a blackhead. Knock, knock. What? Hello there, it's me, Nigel Poor Eyes. Oh, not, here we go, right, not, okay. Not poor as in money, not poor as in hands, not poor as in distilling liquid, not poor as in an open cavity on your skin, but poor as in poor, that's a bad smell. <laughs> I stink. I haven't bathed in eight years. <laughs> oh, sorry. Such incredible, beautiful memories. I know. And I mean, you know, some people would say I was too picky and I should have gone for one of the poor, 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 poor men. But, um, you know, they just weren't my type. 
And I mean, it was a time of great romance. It was, um, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you you passed away in 1870. All right, don't rub it in. And um, you had a book that was left unfinished. That's right. What book was that? Uh, that was Gull and Gullibility. Gull and Gullibility. That's right, yeah. And some, some scholars who have studied your work believe that Gull and Gullibility would have been your greatest novel had you been able to finish it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was something that I worked on with a, a lot of uh, passion. There, was, uh, there, were, there, there, there were seascapes, there were cliffs. Uh, there were rough seas, there were shipwrecks, you know, it just had everything in it. And it, and it had people who, uh, you know, believed idiocy and, 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 and stupid things. I think we have a very early recording of you reading a passage from Gull and Gullibility with a local troupe of actors who That's have come right. along to help you bring the story to life. That's right. Let's I'll, hear about yeah. it. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming along today. Um, very nice to see you. Uh, Lovely to meet you, Jane. Yes. You're, you're fantastic. Yeah. Mm, lovely to meet you, Jane. We're big fans of your literary achievements. Thank you so much. Well, let's get straight to it and just open the book on uh, on page one. Can we first of all? Can we just, uh, uh, Gareth? Can I get you to read the dedication? Yes. This book is dedicated to nobody. I did it all by myself. <laughs> Thanks very much. And uh, uh, moving on, um, Alan, could you uh, could you start with the first paragraph, um, uh, which starts with forever? Yeah, yes, of course. Forever, I thought I was going to look at the gulls until I realised they were looking at me. Were they looking within or was I looking within them? Or were we both looking within ourselves for something we could never find? I turned my book, put it in my bag, popped myself on a train to Crixham, where I knew my destiny lay. Uh, could you continue, do you think, Gareth? Mm. Where I knew my destiny lay, I got off at Crixham and I saw a girl. Hello, I'm a girl. The girl seems to say to me. I looked into the girl's eyes. The girl looked back at me. Would you like some digested catfish? Said the girl in my head. I said, yes, please. And the girl then vomited digested catfish into my mouth, inside my mind. I knew that this was love. Alan? A love like no other. Me and the girl inside my mind were one. Outside of my mind, We'd never met, but that's irrelevant. As I sat there looking at the girl and the girl looking at me and both of us chewing on the rehashed crap that had come out of its mouth, we made a pact that day. We'd be forever in love. And I knew I didn't need anybody else and nobody else needed me and no one needed no one and never was there anyone. And then I fell asleep. And that was uh, basically the beginning of the book. <laughs> Thanks so much. Just <laughs> wonderful. And I, I feel so sad for English literature that we never were able to have the rest of that novel. As we know, the ultimate celebration of someone's life is musical theatre. Jane, it must have been incredibly flattering to have your life turned into a musical. 
What about Austin, the musical, did you enjoy the most? Well, um, I mean, it was amazing to see uh, the way I was uh, represented by, uh, by, by, uh, by two other people. Uh, I really thought that sort of brought my two personalities so together. So you, you were played by two people? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was amazing. And uh, I just really also uh, just, just really enjoyed um, uh, watching them, uh, watch, watching, the, watching the scene where we went under the water. In, you know, it yes. followed the stream through the whole of uh, Great Britain, basically. Yeah, that was amazing. Well, we're now going to see uh, an entire excerpt from the musical, starting off, uh, I think, with the, the underwater sequence. Minnows. Sharks. Catfish. Duckweed. Mirages. Coral. Glitter. Silt. Shadows. Sand. Pizza slices. Ring pulls. Old tin cans. A shoe. One of those scarves that looks like a scarf but is actually a dead fish of some description. A can of tenants from the 80s. A shopping trolley. A rusty bicycle. A copy of Viz magazine. Jane, 
I'm a traffic warden Could you please get out the road? You're covered in stream You're making the road wet I'm making the road wet You haven't finished your book yet Because I'm floating I'm floating down the A towel. Hey, Jane, it's me. Is it still a no? <laughs> no. No. Bum. What's this? You you want to publish a novel? Yeah, that's right. I want to publish a novel. I want to get famous, and uh, yeah, I want to. I want to be like the best uh, writer ever. But you're a woman. No. So what? You're the woman, Jane. I'm a woman, and I don't think you'll do it either. Well, thanks very much, sister. Hello, Jane. It's me, God. This is against me. At least that's what the prevailing attitude of the time is. It's really unfair. Oh, oh, oh. Jane, it's me, your favourite owl from the forest. I don't think you can do it either because you don't have a penis. Hello, Jane. It's me, Dick Whittington. I've come all the way from London to say you can't do it and you'll never make it in the big city because you're a woman. Jane, I'm your shoe and even I don't think you can do it and you tread on me every day. Jane, I'm Queen Victoria, and even though I am leader of most of the world, and I am a woman, and I've had more statues made of me than literally anybody, I still don't think you can do it either. Jane, it's me, your conscience. You can't do it. Do it. You can't do it, can't do it. I can do it. You can't do it. I can do it. I can do it, I can do it, anything I want, and I can do it now. I can do it, I can write it, I can publish it right now. Can you do it? Don't tell me what I can't do. Try embroidery. A time sink. Oh. Oh. Just do anything, anything apart from what you want to do. I'm gonna write it, write it big on the page. I'm gonna write it even though it's the same. I'm gonna write it, write it, write it right now. And nobody's gonna stop me now. Man and I got big hands. Gonna write it. I'm gonna write it. Some of your characters are women, and who wants to read about them? You can't do it. You can't do it. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. 
it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm going to do it with my side. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with my eyes. I'm going to do it with the Monopoly board. Because I can do anything. Because the pen is mightier than the sword. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it now. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it now. You're going to do it. You're going to do it, Jane. Going to do it now. Oh my God, you've done it. I did it. was amazing the incredible cast of austin the musical this has been the life of jane austen as brought to life by rhiannon vivian will name jenny rowe and joe samuel i'm keisha and this has been dead british dead british the improvised history show on union jack radio dead british on union jack radio has been supported by the audio content fund